Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 919. Of course, I'm your host, the Real Gerald Quinn, as I continue to look at the look back at the epic legendary show Snowfall, seasons one through eight. Excuse me, one through eight. <laughs> seasons one through three. We are now up to season two, episode eight, titled Surrender. Uh, this was a big big episode uh, to say the least a lot a lot happened in this episode there will be things that happen in this episode that will really have uh, you know ramifications not only for this season but for the rest for the remainder of the series um, we begin with a quick with a quick recap Lucia surrenders Jerome pays pays Louis and Kevin seeks revenge so that's just a quick recap of what transpired over the course of this episode. Themes of this episode, point of no return. Some of our characters made a decision that that is will, you know, take them to the point of no return. In particular, of course, Kevin Hamilton and Lucia, and of course, the lead the main character, the lead character, Franklin Saint. Let's begin with the deep dive. Um Kevin, of course, we know what happens to Kevin in this episode. We'll certainly flush that out over the course of the podcast in, in terms of best scenes. But uh, you think about Kevin, um, you know, Kevin is was genuinely was a good guy. He was somebody who, you know, was was a good friend, was somebody to Franklin, but he was a liability. Kevin was absolutely a liability. And I think that what you're seeing with this show, um, when you have these organizations and when you have these organizations, these, you know, like gang, you see it in the mafia, there's always one, one person who either is going to take you down or is capable, capable of taking you down, taking your organization down. Um, you know, we saw what happened in the Godfather 2 with Fredo. And usually it, it hits, you know, it, you know, it hits close to home as far as the, a family member or a friend. And we saw this from the beginning, really, of this season in particular, even a little bit, a little bit in last season, that Kevin was, was never longed for, uh, to be a part of Franklin's crew. Like, that, that just wasn't going to happen because Kevin could not see past his own emotion. He could not see past. He couldn't. Kevin was not a guy who saw the big picture. All Kevin's ideas were like, were micro, uh, were micro ideas. And he never got past the fact that, you know, cousin, his cousin was killed. He never could see how him attacking going choosing the direction that he chose would put the entire organization and Franklin himself, including even his own family, including in the future, his own future would put that in jeopardy. Like he never saw past that. He looked at immediate, you know, revenge. He looked at even with the money that Lucille was going to give him off the Coke deal. He looked at like immediate results, by the way, you know, he never sees that money because it's, if he, if he kills Conjo, then, uh, he's a dead man, along with Franklin and everybody else, and that's what Franklin tried to um, tried to tell him repeatedly 
over the course of this season. So despite the fact that Kevin had his reasons for, for, for doing what he did as far as the, you know, it's his cousin, uh, Franklin did lie to him, but he lied to him for a reason. He lied to him to basically protect himself and protect his entire, protect the entire organization from Kevin's decision. And it still didn't work as we saw over the course of this episode. A guy, again, a guy like Kevin was just never longed for, uh, never longed to be a part of an organization that Franklin was trying to build, an empire that Franklin was trying to build. Because he eventually, somebody that reckless, somebody that emotional is going to bring the whole thing down. It's just all there is to it. And there's more that he can take away from the organization than he can add to the, uh, that he can add to the organization. And you compare Kevin to like Leon. Yeah, Leon is, can be emotional. Leon can be difficult. Leon can be high headed, but Leon also can be, can be, can be pragmatic as well. Look at him, you know, hence in, you know, season one, uh, the season one finale when, you know, he tells Franklin like, Hey, this ain't just about revenge when they were trying to, um, get back at Ray Ray and Lenny. In particular, uh, yeah, in particular, Ray Ray, he's been particular Lenny for shooting for shooting him, and he, matter of fact, he, you know, remember Lenny shot, uh, Lenny shot Leon, so Leon had like, you know, as much as reason, as much reason to to be angry and vengeful as Kevin did, uh, but once things kind of settled down, he was able to tell Franklin, look, this is it's about our reputation. This is about the future. So he's already thinking about the future of the organization, knowing that if they want to be taken seriously, this has to be handled. Like you have to handle this and it's just more than just revenge. So Kevin, like I mean, Leon is kind of like a combination somewhere in between Kevin and uh, Franklin uh, and Franklin, more Franklin than Kevin. But ultimately this was going to be the fate of Kevin. Like this was like, even this was bound. This is just, wasn't Kevin just again was not long to be in the Franklin Saint organization for the long haul, and you saw and we saw what happened uh, with that particular scene, and we'll break down that particular scene. Now, again, you know, to defend Kevin somewhat, yes, that was his cousin. He is a family man. He is out there looking for his fan, looking out for the, the benefit for his of his family. From that standpoint, he said, you know, he mentioned that, you know, his mom cries herself to sleep or that the mother, the mother of his cousin, his auntie cries herself to sleep. But again, he's not thinking about the big picture. And, and over the course of this series, you see the characters who think about the big picture tended to last the longest and tended to go go on, go the furthest. Uh, now, as they committed war crimes and as they got deeper and deeper into the game, but they lasted. Kevin's of the world, not so much. That seems, uh, Franklin, Leon, Kevin, this is the beginning of the episode. Basically, Franklin uh, shows them some houses on a block that's that's within their neighborhood. He presents these as houses that, 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 that they now own. So you see Franklin, um, again, kind of, you know, it was, it was a form of, as we come to find out, it was a form of, a, of manipulation. He's trying to keep his workers happy, as Kevin would later state. He's trying to keep them in line, um, trying, you know, trying to keep them in line. Also, just, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to treat your workforce well if you want to, if you want the most out of them. So we see that 
we see that uh, in this particular scene, um, and we see Kevin's face. Uh, he, because now, you know, not knowing what he would later find out, what he would uh, later find out that that Franklin uh, that Franklin did not Franklin owned those houses. That those houses actually Franklin already his company already owned them. They were not in the Kevin and Leon's name. But regardless. Uh, Kevin would, you know, Kevin. So at that point, at this point, Kevin kind of had kind of felt guilty uh, about what he had done, but the deed was already done as far as him giving up the recipe, as far as him uh, giving up the recipe. And we see how excited Leon was, and we see how proud Franklin is of him, of himself, in essence. Being, you know, as he was talking about, he was going to buy one to buy another house so they could basically own the whole block. Uh, so again, you keep. This is, you know, kind of showing you how Franklin is expanding as far as his, well, in terms of the real estate. Uh, we we know there's more to come in, terms, in regards to the real estate. That this will not be the last time that we that real estate is mentioned uh, along with uh, Franklin Saint and the other characters uh, in this show. Uh, Lucio and Gabriella. Um, so Lucio is able to, you know, buy her life save her own life and Gustavo's life with giving getting the recipe. She shows Gabriella how to cook the recipe. Uh despite this, despite saving her own life and, and at the time, despite saving her own life, remember at this point, uh Gustavo has been caught uh by uh Lorena and the DEA. So Lucille and she just killed Pedro. So Lucille has a lot on her plate at this point. And she basically I seemingly was looking for a pity party from Gabriella. And I love the Gabriella character. I don't know who the actress that plays her, but she does a tremendous job because she always drops some great one-liners. Some she drops some great jewels. Basically, she tells Lucille, if you are living and are not in jail, you're free in this business. So I really don't care about what you have. I don't really don't give a shit about what you have, what you got going on. Yeah, you know, she's trying to tell her this is all part of the game. So this pity party, you you know, you're bringing my mood down. You're supposed to be smiling and celebrating. Uh, so <laughs> Gabriella is basically saying, like, yeah, get away from me. This is toxic. And Gabriella is 100% right. Like, you are a drug dealer. You deal drugs. You are a drug. You are, a, in essence, a queen pin, king pin, queen pin. This is this is the life. This is the life you. This is the life you chose, or this is the life she probably was born into. Well, basically, Gabriella isn't trying to hear the isn't trying to hear anything negative from Lucille at this point. She has, she has the rest. She has the recipe. She says, Hey, celebrate it. Enjoy it. You just bought your life. And we see again, Gabriella drop another gem, another jewel in regards to, um, to just the life of, uh, or the mindset of a queen, of a kingpin queen of a queen pin in her, in her mind, uh, in her uh, case, being a queen pin. So, excellent scene, excellent performance by the actress who plays uh, Gabriella. You can see Lucille is is going through it. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, she basically told Gustavo, what have I done? She, again, we can go back to last, where I mentioned on last episode, she did not want to kill Pedro. Like, she still is, is, is about her family. She still is about... Um, she still loved him, despite the betrayal, despite the fact that she probably she knew that she probably had to. Um, didn't want to kill him. They absolutely did not want that. That was the absolute last resort, but she had no choice. 
but to do so. Uh, Franklin, Sissy, so Sissy confronts Franklin about the paying off of the mortgage. Um, and this goes, you know, this was, uh, this was, this was a difficult scene. As you see Franklin, like, transforming in a way, like, did Franklin in the past would never talk to his mother like this. Basically told her, you know, how ungrateful she was. And he doesn't basically said, you know, was cursing at her, says, basically says he doesn't give a shit. If she if she takes it if she takes the house or does whatever she wants to do with the house or not, um, and he walks away and basically walks away to her crying tears and it's a reverse in terms of what happened a few episodes back when she wouldn't let him in the house. Remember early in the season uh, when he was you know when he when he was at the beginning of staying with Jerome and when she found out about fully found out about that he was out there doing dealing drugs. Didn't know to the extent, but knew that he was uh, involved with Jerome and uh, with the selling of dealing, with the selling of drugs. Drugs. She would not let him in the house, and you saw him cry, you know, Mama, and saw him cry. Well, this time she is the one that's left in tears, and as of right now, that relationship is severed, to say the least. Um, he doesn't, you know, he basically explains to her like, look, like. We can't like the system hasn't worked for us. Why you keep trusting the system? This is a system that got you fired from a guy whose ass you whose ass you were kissing for ten years, talking about the you know the slumlord that she was working for all those years. Um, so little, a little not history lesson, but a little thought, little thought on little difference in philosophy and philosophies in regards to you know, what, how she feels versus how he feels in regards to he's, he's done with the, he's not thinking about, he's, he's looking at her almost like a sucker for being, for working the nine to five. Um, and kind of reminiscent, a little Bronx tale in it. Kind of reminiscent, reminiscent of a Bronx tale. Um, you know, if you remember the, the little boy, uh, was influenced by Sonny, and Sonny would tell his told him, told the boy that you know I forgot the guy I forgot the name of the boy who played uh, who played the name of the character who played uh, the young boy, uh, but he told him the working man's a sucker, and he believed that called him called Mickey Mantle a sucker, and he took over the influence you know basically had more influence on him than he than Robert De Niro did uh, got when it got to a point. So Franklin is thinking about is thinking outside the box here he's thinking outside the box versus sissy sissy is caught up on the nine to five she's caught up on being just a you know earning things an honest way and even you know even if you remember from last episode alton alton even is thinking like franklin in a sense because remember alton didn't have a negative reaction to the fact that he knew that he knows franklin is selling drugs so they alton and franklin are basically you know ways on the same page but sissy cannot see past the dirty, the drug money. Uh, she can't see past that at all, despite the fact that, you know, she doesn't have a care in the world. Her bills are paid. So that, you know, at this point, their relationship is has been almost not completely separate, but in a in a bad, bad place, to say the least. Uh, Wanda, Franklin, Jerome, Leon, of course, we know uh, what, what happened last episode with Wanda as she was caught by Franklin. Um at a party and caught by it. It was, it was, uh, it came out that she was stealing from Franklin. Now Wanda is just completely out of control. Um, she's 
she went to the one of the cookhouses, knocked one of the dudes unconscious, took the uh, took uh, took some more uh, drugs, and that she thinks that she believes belongs to her. She is completely just out of it as far as being high. Uh, and this is the first episode where she actually like it'll get worse as far as her looking like a crackhead. But this is like stage one of her being a crackhead. Uh, just paranoid, completely just out of it. So they go, they go into this, they go into her aunt's, her aunt's house, where they are all just high as beyond, just crawl cracked up. Um, where they're like looking like zombies, and this is the first time that Franklin has a look of like not what the fuck I'm doing, I've done, but has they had a concerned look on his face. It's great act, great acting by um. Uh, Hampson Ildris, the look he gave when he saw the relatives, especially one of the aunts, the aunts say, can you hand me that, you know, can you hand me the crack pipe? And this is, you know, this is what, you know, what he's done to his community. And it, it, this is the first time maybe in the entire series up to this point, up to this point, that it, that it seemed like it hit, that it hit him in that moment. Um, of course, they get Leon, they get uh, Wanda, well, Leon ties Wanda up, takes her to uh, the, the house that Franklin got him, and ties her up, and basically, you know, says, you know, I'm doing this because I love you, uh, in a sense. But they, um, but again, Franklin, uh, Wanda is fully, is, is completely out there. She is, you know, we talked about Kevin being a liability. Wanda is another liability that Franklin has to deal with deal with within uh his organization and then we finally get to kevin franklin leon the scene you know the scene that will uh the scene that will have uh you know a major uh ramifications moving forward uh they go to akuna park um franklin finds out through lucia um that uh you know kevin you know franklin Put it together that Kevin had betrayed him as far as get get the recipe from Lucia from Lucia from Lucia. Uh, he contacts Lucia. Lucia lets him know. Basically said, "Hey, I had to do. What I had to do. It was going to get out anyway." So they rush him to the park. Kevin, of course, you know has the the ski mask and uh, has the mask on, ready to kill Conjo, who's with his daughter. Uh, you remember they showed Kevin uh, at the last episode that uh, they they showed Kevin basically Conjo's pattern. And when when he's up, when he visits, when he's with his daughter at that park, so before he, so he tries to talk Kevin out of it. Uh, Kevin takes, he tells him, um, "You're not you. I never. You know, this is always who you have been. You know, you're not built for this. You know, you were never built for this." And um, as he's shooting, as he shoots at Conjo and misses, uh, you see Franklin shoot, shoot him. Um, presumably in the presumably in the leg in the leg and back area. Also, you had Soledad, who uh through through Lucio was able to uh was able to find out that uh was able to find out that the beat that meeting was taking place. Uh, so she's there. So all this pops off with Lucio there, with uh Soledad, with Lorena there, and also Conjo being shot at Conjo in the scene. So Kevin gets shot. Uh. Leon and uh, Franklin get away. Uh, 
Conjo makes out Lucille in the car. She's in the car, uh, handcuffed to the steering wheel in uh, in, uh, in the DEA car. So he makes her out. Remember that for next seat for next uh, for the season finale. Uh, and, and you see Kevin. You see Franklin do Franklin's worst nightmare comes true. He is shot, and presumably, now at this point we didn't know that Kevin was dead. But he has shot his shot one of his best friends growing up, and again you see the anguish that's on his face as they get in the car and as they get away, uh, uh, escape from the uh, from the police. Uh, just you know, tremendous, great scene, uh, just great cinematography in terms of the park and how that was set up. Um, and look, you know, this was something that was building up the entire season. Um, once once Delroy's uh once Kevin Kevin's cousin and his friend once they went against, you know, Jerome Jerome's order and told you know, when he told him not to sell in Mexicans in the Mexican territory, that, you know, that uh would you know, that that decision to do that got got them killed and led to led to all of this. Um and listen, Kevin uh you know, Franklin did what he had to do. Um, you know, if he kills Conjo, then their business is over. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, that's it. There, there will be no business. They would have a, they would be, they would have a war on their hands, and you know that they forget about expanding. They just, it would be over. They would be over before it got started. Uh, he had to make this decision. It was the toughest decision that he has had to make up to up to this point. But it was a decision that he absolutely had to do. Uh, Leon, like like I said, Kevin, and I said this in the deep dive, Kevin was absolutely a liability. And you could tell, like, this is the first time Franklin has shot anyone, if you remember, or shot or and presumably killed anyone. You remember in, in season one, uh, for season one uh, finale, that he had, uh, that he had um, Ray Ray, uh, slice Lenny's throat. He orchestrated it, but he was not the one. He didn't pull the trigger. He was not the one that did that. Uh, we, you know, we saw, and we'll see. We saw him not kill Carvel. That was Leon. So this is the first time that uh, of this up to this point of the series that Franklin has uh, shot at has even has shot at anybody. Has shot has shot hit anybody, let alone killed them. So kind of a a, a, a changing, uh, kind of like a, a, a character changing, character turning moment for one Franklin Saint as he as as he does it. Not only, but you know, it's not his worst enemy. He does it to his best friend. So uh, again, we'll see what the aftermath will be of this uh, of this particular scene. Uh, again. Tremendous, frankly, uh, Samson Eldridge was just tremendous in this in this particular scene. Uh, again, you see the pain, you see the hurt, you see you know similar, you know similar to him, similar, similar to Lucille was similar to Lucille in last in last week's, not last week's, but last episode. Something that had to be done, but did not, but certainly something that they either one of them wanted. Uh, to do. Before we get to the MVP, also you had Teddy making a deal uh, with the government to sell out Danilo and Diego. Um, to sell out Danilo and Diego. So we saw that going on. Matt, he also 
somewhat rescues Matt, you know, in a sense. Uh, Matt is getting coked up that much more. We're gonna see the we're gonna see how the effects of that moving forward. Uh, so he so Danilo and Diego think that everything is back to normal in terms of Teddy and the pickups. Um, but and we see Teddy try to flip try to put pressure on the government as his as his supervisor. As one of his 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 original supervisors, James is out of out of the picture now. So yeah, so we meet one of Teddy's. We will meet somebody that Teddy will frequently be meeting moving forward. Uh, somebody a new contact for Teddy. We see Teddy and his wife kind of kind of butt heads on on philosophies in terms of what in terms of moving in terms of what they do in terms of what how about in terms of how the government how things should be done. You, Teddy makes. Perceivably was a veiled threat to his wife. He says that no matter what happens, if I have to make a lot of noise, you and you know, you and Paul will be protected. She takes it as a threat. Uh he, you know, basically Teddy has gone basically almost borderline broke at this point. So we will see that that storyline play out over the course of uh really uh really into season three and, and the seasons for going moving forward. And we this episode, I would say was Jerome. Uh, you could have made a case for Franklin. Uh, uh, certainly, you could have made a case for even Kevin. But I say Jerome, Jerome Saint, Jerome. There was a scene with Jerome and Louis. It was this particular scene where they're trying to, you know, Jerome is trying to patch things up with Louis. He sees Louis is in a vulnerable state following what happened with Claudia, and they kind of had Jerome kind of has a moment where they uh, rekindle how they first got together and Jerome says, you know, I took this park bench and we had our first date. She jokes about him leaving his wallet and he wants her to stay. And just, I uh, mean, Joseph was great in this particular scene because we see Jerome as this kind of this big, rough and tough dude. And he's cracking jokes all the time or he's yelling. But at, at the end of the day, Jerome is maybe Jerome probably was the heartbeat of this show. A lot of, you know, outside of Franklin, a lot of the eyes of this show were seen through Jerome and how he, how he saw the world and how he felt about things. And at, this, and at the end of the day, Jerome does, these two, despite how toxic their relationship is, uh, these two genuinely have love for each other. So uh, a, a general, a, a tender moment between these two characters who, had, who just have off, just have off the charts chemistry uh and uh Angela Lewis and uh and Ahmed Joseph. Uh you can tell why they chose these particular actors to play these particular uh to play these particular roles. Their chemistry is off the charts and you can see that it came out definitely in this particular scene as Jerome tries to mend fences and get Louis back all the way back in his good graces. So that's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, Snowfall season two. We just there are two episodes left in season two. Uh, we will. I will see you next time with episode nine, aftermath. Have a great rest of the evening. So long. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.